And we are back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today is Wednesday, September 23rd. We just survived Hurricane Teddy. It wasn't that bad. Rough night of sleep, I won't lie. I was thinking about the basement and it flooding, but nothing happened. Everything was good. Everything was clean. And the air is fresh this morning, so we're good to go. Uh, If you could do us a quick favor, head on over to our iTunes page. Give us a five-star rating, four-star rating, whatever you'd like. We don't really care as long as you're out there and you're giving your honest opinion. Don't be afraid to leave a comment as well. Let us know what you like about the podcast. Let us know what you don't like about the podcast. We can take criticism, criticism here at High Button Sports. Don't worry about it, okay? This is a great way for you to help High Button Sports without you having to leave the couch, without you having to leave your bedroom, without you having to leave your car sitting in the parking lot at a lunchtime hour. Whatever you're doing, all you got to do is pull your phone out, pull your laptop out, go to the iTunes page, leave us a comment, leave us a star rating, and then the next thing you know, you're going to be helping High Button Sports reach the top. So it's little things like that that allow this company to grow, and we couldn't do it without you. We've noticed that the downloads have been going up from different places around the country, um, out in Vancouver, out in Alberta, Calgary, just weird places where we wouldn't even think we'd have listeners. Um, So it's really exciting to see all those listeners come about and from other parts of the world as well. So if you're listening uh, outside of Atlantic Canada, just know that we appreciate it and uh, we're working hard for you guys. So yeah. Um, Anyways, today on the High Button Podcast, everyone's favorite caper, Logan Shaw. Logan played for the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League for one, two, three, four years after that, playing in the Quebec Rampards organization as well in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. I'm pretty sure, actually. No, I did. I I did play against uh, Logan in one game when he was in Cape Breton, and I, was, I got called up to the Moose. And I'm pretty sure he got the OT winner in one of those uh, Battle of Nova Scotia games. Prick. Great player though, man. Like, like I remember our whole game plan was to shut Logan down, and we failed because he got the OT winner. Um, anyways, after his junior career, he moved on uh, to play professional hockey. He was drafted by the Florida Panthers in the third round, 76th overall in the 2011 NHL draft. First little bit of his career playing in the AHL for San Antonio, then uh, for Portland. And then after that, in 2015-16, he did get his first shot with the Florida Panthers in the NHL, playing 53 games. After that, being traded to Anaheim. Then after that, being traded to Montreal. And now, currently, he is in the Winnipeg Jets organization, where he did actually play in the bubble this year up in, I guess it would be Edmonton, because he was on the West Coast. So yeah, he was in the Edmonton bubble this year with the Winnipeg Jets. So a great career so far for Logan. He's so young. He's only 27 years old. He still has a long career ahead of him. The fact that he's played for the Montreal Canadiens, come on. Talk about some stories that are coming out of that organization. Playing down in Florida, apparently one of the best places to play if you have a family and kids weather-wise. It's just a great place to live and play some hockey. Um, And then again, playing in another great climate in Anaheim out there in California. Um, I know Wayne Bedecki is a good friend of his, and Wayner was telling me about a story when they all went out to Anaheim and, uh, and caught some of Logan's games when he was in the playoffs. So I know there's going to be some great stories coming from Logan here today on the podcast. Every time we have a Cape Bretoner on, they're always a great talker. I just sit back, relax, and let them go. So it's going to be a great episode. I'm Justin. We're talking to Shaw. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. boy, Mark. Shazi, Logan, how are you? Very good, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for coming. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely it. Absolutely, no problem at all. How was last night? Did you get sleep? Was the rain, the hurricane keeping you up? No, geez, it wasn't You're that good. bad at all, I don't think. 
we're right down in, uh, on the water, and it wasn't the worst part about it was our dog wasn't sleeping. That was it. I was going to say you're on the water. That makes it, you think it would be worse on the it water. It wasn't bad. Honestly, God, it wasn't bad at all. You're on like a lake? No, just we're at uh, King's Wharf right now. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's not bad. You got a newborn baby? You're yeah. a new father? Yeah, first, yeah, trying to learn how to be a dad. He's, uh, He's awesome. He's five months, five and a half months. Hey, congratulations, yeah. man. That's yeah, awesome. Thanks. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's uh, changed life a little bit, but it's uh, obviously for the better. It's awesome. It's unreal. What's it going to be, a centerman, a winger, defenseman? Don't say goalie. <laughs> uh, it's up to him, obviously. Okay. All but right. uh, I think right now a right shot defenseman is uh, where you want to be. Right yeah, shot defenseman? I think, I think that's where you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Wait, yeah. man, congrats. That's awesome. You got to Thank you. It seems like you got a busy life. You just got back from the bubble. Your hockey career is, you know, when you look at your hockey DB, you've had a, a pretty successful junior career, and then you moved on to the NHL level and the pro level, and you've made a name for yourself, and now you're with the Winnipeg organization. And before that, you know, playing on teams like the Montreal Canadiens, like, come on, you got to yeah. – It's it was, sometimes uh, you got to pinch yourself a little bit here. I've, I've played for a lot of teams, you know, in a lot of different uh, leagues and levels, and uh, – you know, I was having a conversation the other day. I think uh, since I uh, next year will be my eighth year pro, whenever next year is, I guess, will be my eighth, eighth year years. pro. And uh, I think I've had like 13, 14 maybe head coaches. It's just been a – you know, I've been on a lot of teams. But, uh, you know, it's nice. It, it's I, Every step of the way has been, uh, you know, a part of the, part of the story. And uh, I have no complaints so far. As I said, everything's been awesome. I remember this might – this is what – I think this was um, f- your first year in Florida – I was at a bar in Halifax, and you were there, and I didn't even realize, but you were sitting next to me. I don't know if you remember this, and I was like, Logan, how you doing? I'm Justin. I know you play for Florida, and I had a couple beers in me, so I was feeling confident. I was like, I mean, I could pick your brain for like hours about what you do up (laughs) in the NHL, and I think you said to me, man, go for it. Ask me anything you want, and I asked you questions about like the media, the food, the travel, living in Florida, and I think we were there for like 30 minutes having a conversation, and you answered every question, and I remember leaving that conversation, and I think maybe a little plant was put in my head going, maybe I could do this for a living, maybe. I had a great time talking to Logan, and I don't know, I woke up the next day, I was a little hungover, but I remember that conversation, and coming back full circle to this podcast now, it's kind of funny how that all came about. So I guess I just wanted to thank you for yeah, way absolutely. back then at the that's, bar. Uh, and you, that, that's and pretty cool. I, for some reason, I think I do recall it. So the Keats bar um, up above. That, that was going to say Wayne. I think it was uh, Badecki had the event going yeah, on, yeah. and uh, I do remember. It. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of it's kind of small world there, but um, I have time. I have time for everybody. I mean, honest to God, it's uh, it's cool. Not many people get to be in the position that you know some of us are in, and I think. Uh, people want to know you know people want to know what it's like what you know what the lifestyle is like what everything like the the questions you just asked just you know off the top of your head right there what what it's like and i think uh it's a different lifestyle you know it's uh obviously we love it it's fun um but it's hard you know it's 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 hard on your family it's hard on you know yourself sometimes when things aren't going the right way but uh there's a lot of behind the scene things that uh some people don't understand but it's uh you know i'm I'm always willing to you know to talk about it and uh to you know give people the insight well, let's get away from the NHL and pro hockey right now. Let's start all the way back to junior in Cape yep. Breton. You were drafted by Cape Breton, correct? Yeah. So yep. talk about that feeling growing up in that part of the world and being drafted by that team. When you were a kid, did you go to the games? Were you a fan of the Eagles growing up? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's what we had to watch. Um, our, our family never had season tickets, but a, a good friend of mine, uh, him and his family always did, and it was always uh, we always went to the games with uh, – I went to the games with him and my my. my friend brett and his dad was usually where we went to the games with and, yeah um you know it, 
we were always busy out playing hockey anyway. Like that's who we were. We were those guys. We were like the you know when World Juniors came on, we were those guys in the backyard, you know, the, on the pond, and we were the Eagles. That's who we were. <laughs> and it was Eagles versus Mooseheads for us, and you know, in the driveway. And I think uh, it kind of started there, and that's kind of where you fall in love with you know your your favorite players and guys you cheered on for. And um, I was obviously fortunate enough to be drafted by the Eagles, uh, being from Cape Breton. Yeah. Um, the draft was in Cape Breton actually when it happened, so that was uh, it was kind of neat. But uh, for me, I was I was 15 at the time, and I had it was uh, uh, Steve Dixon, um, Culligan, and Shepard. They were no, sorry, Dean Willette. That's who it was. Dean Willette, Culligan, and Shepard up on stage to pass me my jersey when I was drafted. So for me, like now, like they're you know they're all good friends of mine, and, and it's kind of cool. But back then, it was that was that was it. That was awesome, right? Just for them to pass me that jersey was. Uh, um it was at that point it was the best moment of my career in hockey and i you know and i still remember it you know there's pictures of it uh we still laugh but i had the braces and everything it was you still laugh about it with those guys (laughs) uh, you know that's just kind of where it all started and uh obviously i was fortunate enough to to play a couple years in cape breton you know i lived with my parents until um i graduated high school and then i got traded but uh it was a pretty um ideal situation to get to you know go to high school with my buddies and you know i didn't have to move away from home until i was 19. Oh, so lucky. Yeah. Did you go to the Quebec Pee Wee tournament by any chance? Were you? I didn't know. We no? had a, no, we, uh, North Sydney actually went the year oh, that. No. Yeah. 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 What, is there a story behind that? Did you guys want to go? Like what happened there? I'm not sure how they, how they picked it. I mean, uh, personally, I think we had a better team than they did. But, <laughs> you still hold grudges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it was, uh, it would have been cool to do. I went and watched it when I played for the Ramparts and it was, it was, it was oh, so yeah. cool. Yeah. It was so cool. Just. The, the rink was like 10,000 people in the rink to watch these peewee yeah. kids play and um, obviously that's why it gets talked about so much it's just such a cool they, they do such a great job putting that tournament on and back when you were in Quebec you guys were in the old the Pepsi Colise- yep. the Colisee yep. yeah yep. That's I, didn't, I didn't even get to see the new rink yet so that my last actually I think the year after I left was their last year in the Coliseum when they hosted the uh the Mem Cup. I'm pretty sure they hosted it at the Coliseum. I'm not positive, but was Patty uh, Wall your coach? He was. Yeah, I had him for two years. Was he was, like as a uh, coach? He was. He was awesome. I loved him. You know, I think uh, on the younger guys, as as most coaches are, that you know they're harder on the younger guys coming in, trying to kind of show them the way. But uh, for myself, it was. Uh, I loved it. You know, I don't think I'd be the professional player that I am if it wasn't for him. He kind of diversified my game a little bit. Um, I never played center until. Uh, you know, obviously you do a minor hockey, you play all the positions, but until I, you know, when junior, I didn't play center until I went with him and he, he kind of gave me the role of, you know, if you want to be a better player, you have to be able to play all positions. And that, and that's what I did. You know, I played uh, left wing with uh, Grigorenko and then I ended up playing center with, with that line as well. So I kind of learned how to, uh, you know, to figure out my game. And that's kind of where it started for me as to figure out what I have to do to get to where I want to be. And it's kind of, um, you know, not necessarily going to be a, uh, 30 goal scoring in the NHL playing right wing it's you know whatever that coach asks you to do go do it you know and yeah. figure out a way to stay in the lineup and that's you know so far what I've been able to do it's an interesting how he was a goaltender turned into a coach you yeah know, I sure. guess you see he's almost like a catcher in baseball he sees the game so well yeah. he's all the way back there and he sees how things laid out right you see everything happen yeah. in front of you right I, I don't know I mean this could be rumors or whatever but I, I don't know many goalies that like playing for you know a, a coach like that just for the fact that yes you know it's kind of yeah. uh he was the best goal you know one of the argue one of the best goaltenders of all time and you know try to I th- when when I had him in Quebec with the goalies that we had we had good goalies we had uh like Louis Demang and uh Francis Broussard but 
it's tougher for him to try to coach that. You know what I mean? Like he's like the the best goalie of you know of yeah. of his era or whatever. And then these younger goalies are coming up, and it's they want to they want to learn from him, but it's harder for him to try to teach that. I guess he kind of stayed away from the goalies, just like Dreski coaching right. Arizona. Correct. Same thing. Correct. Can't coach yeah. the forwards. Right. It, it's tougher to do. Right. Yeah. And I think uh, he was he did a great job with that organization. You know, from you know a part owner or whatever and uh, coaching. I thought the way he handled his players um, in that. Um, environment exactly the environment's a good word for it um just with you know they have we average like twelve thousand fans a game it's a huge city it's a you know it's a big organization for a junior team right and gentile came on and said all that stuff right and and it was an odd like they have so many behind the scenes things going on there that other organizations don't need right because just like they're small market teams and whereas they're they're in a nhl city right like they're in a city that could very easily have an nhl team and um, I think he did very well handling himself and his players. Yeah. I liked when Gentile came on and he was talking about some of the behind-the-scenes aspect of it. it's not even anything like a junior team because he played for Cape Breton yep. and he also played for Quebec and it was just two different worlds, media yep. side, fan side, public side. Yep. It just you almost feel like you're a pro. And he said he went in there at 16 and it was just a different ball game. Yeah, just it's, everything. Uh, professionalism. It's, it, they treat it like a, an NHL team. They do, you know, they, they're giving you lunch every day after practice in the rank. Um you know, all of our school for the English guys was at the rank. So you got to the rank in the morning, you practiced, you ate lunch, you did your school, and then you head home. But, you know, it's just everything about it. They have, like, their own drivers to drive kids to school and everything because, you know, it's a bigger city. You can't just, you know, get a buddy to come pick you up when they're living, you know, half hour across the city with traffic and everything. So it's yeah. a different it's a different, uh, different approach to the, the organization for sure. I wanted to talk about your dad for a bit. I know he's yeah. involved with the, the Cape Breton organization. What's, yeah. what's his role there? Yeah, he's the president right he's now. He's the president yeah. right now of Cape Breton. So yeah. I guess what leadership or what? how did he guide you into, to, uh, the hockey career that you have now, what I guess aspect did he help you in? Um, everything. Okay. Honestly, so he he co- on a key. If I if I didn't have him, I wouldn't be where I am. Um, I had him as a coach from from day one. You know, he's the one that kind of taught me everything. Uh, he caught he coached me my whole way up. I think uh, there was only maybe two years in my minor hockey career. Once in Pee Wee. Um, once in Banna, maybe that he didn't coach me, or maybe once in Adam, once in Pee Wee. I think is what it was. He that I wasn't, he didn't have him as a coach. So every other year I did until, you know, I played tradesman in the midget. That you know he wasn't yeah. a lot, no longer there. But uh, he, you know, he he worked with the government, but uh, he also pursued his. You know, he did some scouting stuff. He worked with Lewiston, Moncton, Cape Breton, and then uh, he took over as president uh, two years ago. And uh, you know, the Eagles are on the right track. They're, you know, right now they're in. You know, it's tough right now with everything that's going on with COVID, but. Uh, you know, a lot of organizations are going to, you know, they're going to struggle to survive right now with, uh, you know, like the no fans. And that's what they need. They need fans in order to survive, right? Yeah. They don't have these big sponsorships and all that kind of stuff. But um, he's putting in his work. It's a lot of work. But uh, obviously I wouldn't be where I am without him today in, in, in hockey. He's he's a dad that's not um, do this, do that, do this. It's kind of, you know, you learn for yourself. You know, you, 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 you live and learn. But he's always there to guide you in the right direction. Did it come naturally to you, hockey? I I, I don't know you as like a Pee Wee yeah. player, Adam player. I know yeah. some players are late bloomers. Were you always that guy in Cape Breton, or did it come a little bit later for you? Uh, we always had so we always had good teams in minor hockey. Like we we just it was tough for us to compete with the mainland, yeah. and and it was like every second year, Adam Pee Wee Bannon, we went to provincials. Um, just once we come up here, we just couldn't compete right with the. We always did our best, yeah. but. Um, you know, there was always some good players coming up. You know, I always got to play. I was fortunate enough to play with good players um, in minor hockey. Um, you know, we had Mitch O'Neill, Brad Kuzner, Brett McKay. There was always it was always good players, and uh, we always had fun. We weren't we were never concerned of 
like our thoughts were never to, to go to play junior to go play pro it was really? always just i would honest to god i don't think i even thought about playing uh in the quebec league until my first year midget no way like it was yeah you it just... was well we just never <laughs> you know we weren't really that exposed to it right i mean I, I know we had the eagles there but it was in bantam it was just go play hockey right and it was still the same thing we ne- we nowadays i mean obviously kids are way ahead of where we were we never you went to the gym and just kind of did your own thing like you just walked around the gym lift a couple weights every now and then but um we we just had fun honestly it was uh that's that's what i remember from it we had fun playing hockey and i mean obviously i still do but like back i can tell you everyone that was on every team i had in minor hockey like i remember everybody just how close we were and um obviously i so again my father started a power skating school when i was in uh, adam or peewee and he he just gave it up uh, last year, I think, was his. But he he just kind of did it to keep us, you know, to try to learn, to try to keep getting better. And it was it wasn't on the path of hey, you do this and you'll go to the NHL kind of thing. It yeah. was just here. I think you can be a better hockey player if you do this, and then see what happens. And and you know, every step of the way, it's uh, it's you know, everything's been a you know a learning process, and it's everything's kind of guided you in the right direction. So as opportunities came towards you with junior and the draft with Cape Breton and things like that, did you start to like, you know, were you on the Q website doing a little bit of research? Like, oh, there's teams up in Bakemo, there's teams up in Ramouski, there's teams all the way up here. Did you start to kind of look at the league and look at the options and things like that? Or yep. was it like I said, just or like you just said, you just kind of let it come to you and whatever happened happened type thing? No, so once I started my first year in Midget um, with the tradesmen, we had a really good, the tradesmen always kind of struggled a little bit and then... Uh, my first year, we end up getting recruiting uh, some older guys like Badecki came in, Popovich, You're on Steve Badecki Popovich, Steve? Oh, yeah. and Midget. Yeah, so we had a good trades move. We we end up winning like the first round of playoffs, which is the first time the tradesman done it in years. And then um, we end up losing to Cole Harbor in Game Seven, and they end up going on to sweep Subways to go to the the Atlantics or whatever. <laughs> but uh, it was that year there, kind of. I had I had a good year there, and. Um, Kind of midway through that year, I started looking at prep schools. Oh yeah, and uh, we were looking in the states and in in, in, in Ontario. And um, me and uh, another friend of mine, we kind of at the end of the year, we went and took some tours of uh, the prep schools. And we we probably visited about you know half a dozen or whatever. And my mother and I, we did all the applications. We know we did all this. Like we were trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I and it's it's tough to make that decision when you're 14 and 15 years old of what you want to do for the you know for high school and um anyway it came down to it that I wanted to try to enter the draft you know I was talking to a couple teams and I wanted to try to enter the Q draft and um the big thing that my parents always said is that no matter what you have to do your school like you have to finish your school even to this day like I'm still chipping away at university courses online it's just good for you man good for you yeah it's uh you know, you feel good when you finish a course. It kind of sucks when you're doing it, obviously, but uh, it's tough online. But again, it's a promise I always made to my parents is that I was I'd always try to get my degree. And um, obviously, um, I would never change anything that I did in my hockey path. But uh, I just I chose to. So actually, sorry, I want to go back there. I went to the I think it was called the CSR that uh, was like a weekend in Montreal, and uh, oh, yeah. so my parents dropped me off uh, at a, a gas station in just outside Truro or just outside New Brunswick and the bus picked you up and you're on your way. Like that was kind of my first time, um, away from my, you know, family, yeah. like on a, on a bus. And 
It was after that week. There was no cell phones at that point, right? It was just like my mom's flip phone she gave me for the weekend oh kind of God. thing. Oh, my God. Like so, pay-as-you-go phone. Right? So like, it, was, it was kind of my first experience away, like on the road yeah. um, at 15. And uh, it was then that, you know, dad was kind of like, can, can you do this? Like, is this what you want to do? You want to ride the bus? Can you do your school on the bus? Is this, you know, are you interested in doing that? Like, he's like, you might end up somewhere where you don't want to be. You might end up somewhere, you know, you're, you're fi- I was 15. I didn't turn 16 until, like, the queue started. So, um, wow. He's like, so you're 15, you might be living up, you know, in North Quebec with not, nothing wrong with it, but it's, you know, it's tougher at 15 than living in Cape Breton. And I just, I felt confident in myself like, yeah, I'd, I'd want to do it. I'd be able to do it. And and that's why I was so fortunate to be drafted by Cape Breton is just, you know, I still got to stay home and develop and, you know, mature as uh, with in, in my parents' household. So it was nice. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a wicked story. Yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah. When you played in Quebec and you said that there's a pro atmosphere, do you think that that helped you at all in the pro state going drafted by florida right after because i think where'd you play right after san antonio in your first year pro yeah i was uh san antonio and cincinnati in the coast i was up yeah. and down there for a bit so do you think quebec maybe like prepped you a little bit um yeah for sure yeah. um in the cape breton we had like a team i'd say the teams are split like we practiced we went to school every morning in cape breton and then practiced in the afternoon mm. 2 30 whatever which is kind of probably i would say more um normal now but a lot of teams are kind of switching to the morning practice but you're missing more school that way um but in that sense, yeah, we practiced every morning at nine o'clock with with Quebec, and you had to be there to run the stairs every morning before practice. Like it was a lot. You had to run the stairs yeah, every day. Yeah, every day it wasn't a game. In the Coliseum. Oh yeah, you're going up and down every oh, day. Oh, Patty, yeah. whoa, what are you doing yeah. to the boys? But we Holy were in good smokes. shape. Like we were in good. Some days were tough. Like we're like you know you're showing up in a snowstorm and you have to go. You know you're freezing. You just want to kind of have a coffee and sit there and do nothing, right? But at least you get to run inside. I've heard stories yeah, of the right. coaches making the boys run outside yeah. up in Quebec. I believe it. I believe it. But, uh, you know, in that sense of things, whereas pro, you, you go to the rink in the morning, you're working out, then you're practicing, and then, you know, the rest of the day is yours. But in that side of things, for sure. Um, and as I said before, kind of diversifying my game to be more than just a right winger, you know, trying to learn how to play the left side and center. And um, I'd say Quebec definitely helped me with that side of it. When you turned to the pro side of the game and you said that you learned how to play winger, left, ring, center, all the positions, did you find that that kind of helped you on the pro side of things due to the fact that, you know, apparently when you turn pro, you're not going to be that guy right away. You have to fit in. You have to make yourself, uh, you have to make a role right. and you have to be noticed. I think a great example this year was, um, you know, Highmore. He kind of made a name for himself in Chicago. He kind of went in and he just did a great playoffs. He had a great name. Yep. They were mentioning them all the time. So when you turn pro automatically, are you thinking, okay, do I fit in here or I have to fit in here? I have to find a place to fit in. Um, first of all, yeah, Highmore had a great playoffs. He, you know, he's he found his role. I think is yeah. the best way to put it, and I think that's where I'm going with this. Is that you do have to earn your spot. You have to, you know, you're not just giving, you know, given a spot on a team at any, at any league, right? Like whether it's junior, the coast, the American League, the NHL. Um, but you have to know what your role is. You know, you have to find what you're good at um, and make that, like, that. that's your niche. Like, you have to, so for myself, I pride myself in um, knowing that I'm not going to score 50 goals in any yeah. league, and, and I know that, but I, I, I take pride in that. Um, I'm going to do the best that I can at what I'm good at, and, and whether that's, you know, I get the puck in the D zone, 10 times a game, eight, eight of those times I'm getting that puck out every time. Yeah. Um, but that's like a little thing that you took pride in. Like, right, is, right. That's what you, you mean just by that? Get, like, uh, if you know, if you have that puck on the hash marks five times, 10 times a game, you get it out five, you might not play next game. Right. Okay. That okay. Over kind of thing. Saying, like yeah. I just, uh, there's little things in the game, you know, penalty killing. Um, I love penalty killing. I think that's, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, a big part of the game that sometimes gets overlooked. 
um, where guys take the, a lot of pride in doing it. Um, yeah, I think for myself, it's just knowing my role. And when I entered pro, I, I was kind of, I wouldn't say I was lost. Um, when I got sent to the coast, obviously, you know, pro hockey is pro hockey. You want to play in any league you can, but you know, I, I made the American league at first, then it got sent down and, and it was heartbreaking for me. I was 21 and I was just like, you know, this kind of sucks. I, I didn't know what to expect. I just thought I basically, I thought I was going to be here no matter what. And then I got sent down. It was kind of a wake up call, but if I didn't get sent down to the coast, I wouldn't be where I am now. I, I learned so much down there, um, with team bonding, with how to play with the puck. Um, you know, you only play three lines, so you're on the ice so much down there. Three lines in the coast. Uh, yeah, they play 10 forwards. No yeah, way. That's I didn't you know play. that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you, you're playing every second, third shift. Um, as opposed to trying to figure out your way in the American League playing five, six minutes as a young guy, right, where the coach doesn't trust yeah. you. And it's about going down there and kind of earning trust, like earning confidence, uh, getting confidence in yourself. And um, when I went back up after that, I got sent, sorry, I got called, sent down at Christmas time, called back up a couple months later, and then sent down for playoffs in the coast. And um, we lost in the Kelly Cup finals to Alaska. <laughs> Yeah, so it was uh, this, the series was three three one. So like that's how far away we were yeah. from Alaska. But um, that next year, after that season, that next year, I just kind of knew that I needed to figure out a way to stay in the American League. You know, I obviously want to play in the NHL, but I need to figure out a way to not go to the coast. And that was just playing hard and doing. It wasn't trying to score fifty goals. You know, like I had a you know a point a game in junior the year before, but it wasn't about trying to do that. It was about finding a way to stay in the lineup and. For me, we had a coach named Tom Rowe. He was uh, he was hard. He was old school, um, but he kind of, you know, every morning skate was like one on one battles. It was kind of like like what like what the heck's going on here kind of thing. Yeah. But again, it kind of put me into that work ethic side where it's just like, all right, this is what I have to do. And I think uh, that year there, I kind of just took a step in the right direction. And then the next year, I was fortunate enough to get my first call up. But it was just about you know finding a way to stay in the lineup and you know not. If something wasn't going right, it wasn't trying to, you know, geez, I need to score tonight in order to, you know, have a good game. It was just like, geez, I kill off these three penalties, then, you know, I'll be in the lineup next game. He's not going to take that. It was just finding a different way. And I think today that's kind of a big reason as to why I've played so many games uh, in the NHL is just because I know my role and I understand what I have to do. I feel like the guys that can figure out that problem the soonest will have a longer career in pro hockey in this side of the world. Because when I looked at you, like, I remember you got like a. An old, overtime. We were. Pl- I was playing against you in Cape Breton. You got an OT goal where, where it was the uh, Battle of Nova, Nova Scotia, Scotia game. Yeah, you got the OT here, winner. Uh, it was right here. Yeah, it was a hat trick. My first hat, only hat trick I had in the queue, I think. Was it? Yeah. And I yeah. was playing against you. Yeah. That's that's kind <laughs> of a, embarrassing yeah. that that's an honor for me, I but that, <laughs> that's so, yeah. awesome. Yeah. But I remember like sitting there. I was on the bench, and you're getting the OT winner. I'm like, this prick gets the OT winner. He's a stud. He's in the queue. He's having a great career. And then it's interesting how you go from that guy, and then you go to pro, and you have to find your way. But I feel like most guys, or not most guys, just some guys, they struggle with finding who they are in the pro level. And if you're able to find yourself quicker, you're going to be able to find yourself a contract consistently and play at the pro level. So that says a lot about you as a person. I think it says a lot more about you as a person rather than a hockey player because you have to put your ego in the back seat. You have to be able to put things on the back burner in order to get better at certain aspects, like you said. Get the puck out in the defensive zone eight times out of ten. When if you did that in Cape Breton, you didn't do it in Cape Breton, it didn't deal. matter. You're right. still on the first line. You're still getting right. OT winners in front of 10,000 people. Who gives yeah. a shit? Right. So, you know, I, I think that says a lot about you. I, I think the best way to put it is growing up, coming through junior, you know, my first couple years pros, there's – I could name – you know, hundreds of players that are better than than myself. 
And still to this day, there's still way better players. You know, if I'm a, with an NHL team, there's way better players in the American League. I think the biggest thing, and that's what I was trying to say, like that I pride myself on, is I just understand what I have to do. Yeah. You know, and I, I consider myself a good team guy. You know, I'm fun to be in the dressing room with, and to just I try to lighten things up. But there's better players out there for sure that would score more goals, get more points. But you know, sometimes I don't understand what else they have to do to you know to stay there. And I think that's that's just why. That's what I try to do myself is just make sure that I'm trying to be a difference maker in different ways. I love it. First yeah. game, Florida, NHL, big dogs. Yep. You're down there. I mean, you're up there, sir. You're yep. playing. Is there a story behind it? Tell me who, who you played, what rink you were in. Yep. How, I can know, tell you. So I got uh, – I was having a good – we were in Portland. So I in the American League with Florida, we played in Springfield uh, – sorry, uh, San Antonio. We moved to Portland, then we moved to Springfield. So we had a couple different teams while okay. I was there. And uh, we were in Portland, and I was having a good start to the year. Um, I actually really enjoyed my time there. It's a pretty cool city, Portland, Maine. But uh, I ended up getting called up. It was just before Halloween, and uh, obviously I was, you know, it was like your heart just drops when you're getting the call from the coach. And it was uh, a moment I'll never forget. I could tell you I was driving home from practice, and he told me to turn around and go get my gear. And I was going to Florida. Um, so anyway, I called my I called my parents and my uh, my now my wife, but um so first thing they did was obviously hop on a plane and i and i kind of told them like i don't know if i'm playing obviously you never know right but i said i'm getting called up we're playing boston on this was on a wednesday i do believe like i practiced thursday um we're playing boston on friday night washington on saturday not sure if i'm playing but in boston in In, florida in florida at at home so um my parents came down my my wife came down um a couple of my friends came down from from here and uh I got to play. My first game was against uh, Boston. And, was Marshy uh, playing? Yeah, yeah, so that's kind of my story is that uh, I'm pretty good friends with, with Marshy. Okay. Um, like, we just live down the street from each other. Oh, and, do you? But, uh, like, so we do all our summer skates together. So my first game, I'm lined up against him, whatever. Like, as you know, I was playing fourth line. I was lined up against him. Um, he was just like, hey, Shazi, congrats, kind of, kind of thing. I was like, all right, thanks. Like, appreciate it kind of ignoring like not ignoring him but like i'm really trying to you know pay attention to what's yeah. going on <laughs> anyway he's you know the way he is right he's like one of a kind he's like the best human being but just the way he plays anyway he's just you know picking on me like the whole game picking on me, like go to the front of the night you know gives me a little push whatever and i'm like, like all right i gotta get out of here and we're on a face off and his stick rides up my stick so i'm a righty his stick comes up my stick and fractures my pinky so my pinky, my, my pinky right here is all like fragment. I can't, I can't uh, feel my finger anymore. Obviously, I finished the game, whatever. After the game, I go in for an X-ray, and it's like shattered inside. So, um, next day comes, and the doctor, you know, you have to get cleared in order to play. And he's like, "Think you'd be able to play tonight?" And I was just like, "Yeah, like I'll be, I'll be fine." Type thing. Couldn't hold my stick. Like I was holding, trying to hold my stick out, and. Uh, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll be able to play. He's like, sure. So he signed off. You know, I was good to play. And uh, I go for warm-up. Can't hold my stick, really. But I'm cleared to play, cleared to play. And then don't play. They they scratch me. And then they send me down the next day. <laughs> so no. I was like, kind of like, yeah. So I get sent down. Uh, play one game, got sent down. Uh, two or three weeks later, I got called up for the rest of the year. But it was uh, that was my first game experience, broken finger. But it was still, honestly, to be able to go through that with my family and friends that were down there was it was awesome. Like my that was my like my friends have now have been around you know people that I play with and everything, and um, it's pretty cool to be a part of that with them. But that was the first experience that they had, being able to watch me play, obviously in the NHL. But uh, it was Saturday night would have been the Halloween after the Washington game, and yeah. they got to go out to the bars in Fort Lauderdale. Um, 
and like the like the Ovechkin and those guys were there, so it was cool for them to kind of experience that too. It was yeah. uh, that's just my first story, first NHL game it was uh, <laughs> pretty awesome, you know. Nonetheless, it was uh, something I'll never ever forget. Marshy, yeah, making stories. Yeah, that's exactly, so funny. It's yeah. funny he's your neighbor now yeah. too. That's yeah. hilarious. I couldn't imagine that. Yeah, and then it didn't take me long. I got I think it was my uh, when I came back up. I think it was like my seventh or eighth game. I got my first goal, which was uh, awesome. Definitely something I'll never forget. That that's was awesome. uh, yeah. Yeah, I looked off uh, Derek McKenzie in a two-on-one. You looked him <laughs> And if I hadn't missed that net, I think I, I would have heard about it. But it was uh, – yeah, that's something I'll never forget either. Was uh, – who was coach? Was Gallant coaching yeah. back then? Yeah. That's nice. I'm a maritime guy. Oh, uh, one of my favorite. Yeah, one I, of, I, I've heard good things about him. It's – yeah, he's the one of the best people, I think, that uh, you know you could ever have behind a bench. And I think that's why guys respect him so much and want to play for him um, just with the uh, – such a positive attitude, but he's just such a humble person that cares for every one of his players. Uh, I think a very good comparison is Rick Bonus now with Dallas. I think that, you know, he's the same kind of person. He cares about everybody in his locker room. Um, and I think that's why, again, Dallas is playing the way they are. Um, they're not doing anything fancy. They're just playing the right way. They're playing the way, you know, the systems that they're supposed to play. And I think that's what everyone did with uh, Gallant as well. It's just, um, if you respect your coach, you're going to play for him. You know, you want to win. You want to see everybody succeed. And I think, you know, that that's two good coaches right there. Yeah. No, every time his name gets brought up, everyone mentions or just says good things about him. Oh, good yeah. person. Everyone yeah. loves him. Well, he's a maritime boy. So exactly. Yeah. Everyone's going to be respectful exactly. of the guy. Exactly. Um, I want to talk about the Montreal Canadiens, my favorite team growing up. Okay. Dad's favorite team growing up. Yeah. Uh, Mine was the Leafs. So when I, <laughs> yeah. You get traded, you're like, no, I'm good. I don't want to come. <laughs> Maybe no. next time. <laughs> no. So I was uh, in Anaheim. And uh, for I got traded from Florida to Anaheim, played the rest of that year. We had a good year, good playoff run. Um, the next year, I was kind of, again, trying to find my way into the lineup. I was just in and out. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought I knew my role, and I was just trying to bear down and trying to figure it out again to stay. And I ended up getting placed on waivers and get picked up by Montreal. And uh, obviously, it's nicer to come closer to home. Um, Do you speak French? A little bit. I mean, right. I lived with a French billet in uh, Quebec. Yeah. They were an awesome family. Like the unreal. I learned a lot from them. Um, I, I know enough to, to get around in a, in a French city for sure. But um, yeah, going to Montreal was obviously I was super pumped when I heard about it. Like I was always a Leafs fan growing up. You know, my my old man was always a Leafs fan. But uh, obviously, you're going to play in the Bell Center as your home rink. Um, it's you know, it's something that it's insane. And we didn't have a great team that year. We really didn't. We didn't win many games. But I will say we didn't lose many at home. We lost a lot on the road, but okay. not many at home, which is good. Yeah. You know, it's pretty easy for those fans to start booing you when you know when you're at home and the power play is not going well or something. But I heard they'll boo you like if you're at the mall or something. Like, oh, probably. Yeah. No well. one really know who I was at the mall, but uh, <laughs> it was. Uh, the whole experience playing in Montreal was awesome. Like yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, just uh, just to be a part of that that organization, you know, original six, but just the history that they have themselves. Like walking into the the dressing room, they have all like the the trophies and the you know the like wow. the basically like the wall of fame that they have all their players and um, yeah, it, it that it was crazy. I think the obviously it's one of the most prestigious organizations in the league. I, you know, I, I hope they figure it out and try to find a way to start winning again. You know, like they had a good run this year, but, uh, um, they treat their players so well there. Um, I mean, obviously like every team does, but it's just, uh, I think it's just a little more, um, you know, in that market, there's a little more, obviously there's more eyes on it. So, you know, they, yeah. they do things the right way. And I think, uh, 
um yeah it, it was a it was a cool experience my first uh i had a super bowl weekend it was i was playing so i was playing for anaheim yeah and we were coming up to we were doing the ontario swing we were doing like the montreal toronto ottawa for super bowl weekend when i was playing for anaheim okay and uh, so I had 30 people from Cape Breton, like friends, family, like everyone's really close to me. They all booked to come people. up to Montreal. They were coming to watch Montreal play Anaheim. Then they were all going, how much of they're flying or taking the train to Toronto and watching their type thing. They were going to go, for, you know, hang out after that. But so I got placed on waivers, got picked up by Montreal. Was on that trip? Perfect. No, just before. So okay, just before. okay, just so like, before. Like they had their flights booked and everything. But yeah. so it was kind of the thing where like I got put on waivers and everyone's like, oh, like, what do we do? Like, do we cancel our trip? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And yeah. then I got picked up by Montreal. So it worked out perfect because. <laughs> Our first game, my first goal I got as a Canadian was against Anaheim that weekend. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I know I had my 30 family members and friends there. So um, there's so many memories. that like, I think every step of the way of hockey so far, there's not many things that I'll forget. You know, there's every every day is, there's something new that's just, you know, something you could write a story about. And it's whether it's small or big, it means something to someone. And I think uh, just a little thing like that, like a goal as a Montreal Canadian is something that I'll never, ever forget. Right. And it's just, that's pretty cool. Crazy. Yeah. Never seen a game, but watching it on TV, as soon as the guys go out the tunnel and they have that sound that goes like, what's the sound when you're watching like an IMAX movie? And I think just, I think it's like they have like the U2 song, I think. Yeah, U2. Like, yeah, it's U2. Yeah, yeah, and you run out to that. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, and they have like the fire going on the ice or whatever. It's yeah. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Like your your first game, you know, every game, you just must be every pumping. Game. You're every just adrenaline is just going. Yeah. And going. They have, uh, so every city, yeah, they have the best hot dogs too. The oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. The oh, best yeah? <laughs> yeah. I've been scratched a couple times there. Though. <laughs> you know Terry Ryan, right? Yeah. He, he had a funny story about when he played there. The hot dog, he brought up the hot dogs too. Yeah. And he was just like, hot dogs were so good. I was playing, but I was on like the fifth line. I was sitting on the bench all day, all game. And the trainer went and snuck me like a hot dog. And I'm sitting there. <laughs> yeah, I, I was having it. a pop and a hot dog in the middle of the bench <laughs> just watching some hockey. Yeah, I believe like, it, man. It I'm telling so you. so good. So at, like every road... Like every, so, if a road team comes in, every city you kind of get. There's always pizza in the dressing room after. Kind of hold you over to get to the plane. Yeah. Um, and then certain cities have certain things. Like you go to Philadelphia, you get the cheesesteaks. Yeah. You go to Vancouver, like there's uh, like uh, pepper pepperoni sticks kind of thing. And Montreal, yeah. their thing is hot dogs. So like there's no there's like a couple pizzas, but then all hot dogs after the game. So everyone's <laughs> just you know wolfing down hot dogs. But that that's what they're known for. They're unreal. Everyone yeah. always stresses all the pros. They eat so good. It's just lettuce. It's spinach. Yeah. It's all the good stuff. No, nah, Montreal Canadians are just no, eating yeah. some hot dogs. Yeah, going you the treat plane. yourself. I love it. How long do you guys have to get to the plane after a game? Like, let's say you're in Montreal, you're playing yeah. Arizona, but then you got to go to Tampa the next day or that after the game. Like, how long until your gear is off? Until you have to be at the plane? Yeah. Um, every city's. I mean, obviously, you want to get out of there as quick as you can because yeah. you know, especially if you're playing the next day. Um, usually it's like 45 minutes when the game ends. That's usually when like the the bus leaves. They usually give you like 45 minutes to get out. It's, there's, That's quick. It's it's quick, but it's for your own sake. It's not you know. There's no uh, rhyme or reason to you know. You can sit there for an hour and a half, but why? Right? Like you're just gonna go sit on the plane anyway. Um, there's some cities that have curfews that you have to be out of there. Uh, like in San Jose, you have to be out of there like at say 11 o'clock. If you're not on the plane by 11, you have, the plane has to leave and go to Oakland. You have to meet the plane in Oakland, kind of thing. Like no way. Just because it's over cities, right? So there's curfews. Um, so there's different things like that, but for the most part, you just want to help out your trainers. The equipment guys, they, you know, they're one of the toughest jobs in sports. I think with the amount of stuff that they have to lug around and, um, obviously we're, you know, very grateful for them to, you know, they do everything for us, right? Like we don't have to yeah. touch your bag or anything, but you know, the quicker you can get your gear off, it's a lot easier for them to, you know, get going and load the plane up. 
I know I asked you this at the bar that first time I ever asked us, but how quick is the media in the room asking questions post game? Yeah, because uh, if you have to be out on the plane, yeah, you have it's five to be- minutes. It's five minutes post game. They're in. Oh, that's quick. Yeah, they're in right away. That's you know that sometimes that's why they get those little hot takes where you know guys yeah. are still heated, kind of. You know, I wouldn't say they're you know cursing at the media guys, but it's just they're still you know they're still their adrenaline's still pumping. They're still kind of. You know, I think that's kind of why the are in there that quick kind yeah. of thing, right? To try to get that stuff yeah. out of players, but you know, sometimes it's tough just you know to keep cool. But uh, with COVID going on, it's there's no one in the dressing room, right? There's no one oh, around, yeah. so it's just all via yeah. Zoom or Skype or whatever they do it. But yeah. uh, guys have a little chance to cool down after yeah. like in that way. But yeah. um, you don't get as many unless you're watching Tortorella. You don't get as many of those hot takes, I guess. I know. Yeah, I love watching that <laughs> yeah. guy. Everyone has everyone yeah, hates him. I love everyone, it though. <laughs> everyone looks in at it though. He's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Um, how was the bubble? You yeah. like it? Got mixed reviews from people. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect going. Yeah. Um, I think that the NHL did a great job. You know, I was, uh, you're, you're packing up, you know, you're packing your suitcase, hoping to go to October, right. To play to October. So you're moving in there. Yeah. We left, I left Halifax July 2nd to go to Winnipeg. We had to do our quarantine. July 2nd. Yeah. We had to do our quarantine and then we had training camp and then we went to Edmonton, uh, the 27th. But uh, of July, right? Yeah, yeah right. Sorry, and then yeah. we moved in. We moved into the bubble July twenty seventh. So yeah. for the first, uh, the way they did it was the first five days you kind of weren't. So there's twelve teams. So there's twelve teams over for the first five days you weren't allowed to associate with other teams. Like you weren't. They're around. You're walking. You know, there's two hotels for the team. So there's six and one, six and another. You're walking to the rank with other teams and stuff. But you're not like me and you were friends. You're on you know to calgary whatever we're not allowed to associate until after five days they want everyone to kind of stay away from each other oh sorry okay just for the bubble like for covid reasons yeah and then once everyone you get tested every single day yeah that's covid uh yeah it wasn't in winnipeg we did every second day for training camp but it was one that goes all the way you know right down like sucks yeah the one right out your arse and you ever then, like uh, throw up you ever yeah. like gag or anything like that uh, it, it's tough yeah, yeah it's tough and then um when he once you got to edmonton it was just uh like stick your tongue out say ah and they go down your throat that one makes you gag um you know especially if you, if you had a couple beers or something the night before you're yeah. definitely going to be yeah pretty dry back there and then <laughs> the, the next day would be just a nose swab a quick one That's which wasn't bad no, that one wasn't bad at all so every second day they alternate between those two okay um but anyway, yeah. So after the you know the first five days, you can kind of just roam around. Like the, you could go to the restaurants in the hotel. You could go out in the they had like a yard, a courtyard outside the rink. It had like a Tim Hortons truck, a you know taco truck, a basketball nets. All free, or do you got to pay for it? Uh, the Tim Hortons was free actually. Everything else, go. yeah, you had to pay for it. Yeah. You had to pay for the tacos. <laughs> yeah, you got you could get some ice caps or whatever. But uh, I think they did a great job. I really do. I mean, um, and you know, it's tough for guys to leave their families for so long. Uh, you know, especially myself. I had a three month old when I was leaving. So it was, you know, it was, they changed so much every day at that age that it, you know, it's tough to, but you know, you have FaceTime and everything now, which is fine. But, um, I think they did a great job. The bubble was, uh, you walked into the rink, the rink was an amazing setup. It's, it's you don't like watching it on TV. Excuse me. Um, I think you don't even notice, no. you know, they have the, the fan noise kind of put into the, into the TV and everything, but you don't, you don't hear that there. Um, the first two games we played, we played against Vancouver in exhibition game and then Calgary game one. I wasn't playing. I was scratched. So I was up in the press box watching and it, and it kind of sucked up there. Like it was so quiet. Um, it's, it, it's, you know, you don't hear the fan noise. So it's just, you know, a big hit. Like there's a, you know, I remember Bull, you, 
um, rocked some guy in Vancouver in an exhibition game. And yeah. that was it. Like, there's no momentum swings. There's no, like, you know, a big fight after to kind of get the crowd back into yeah. it. It was just once the hit's done, it's done, right? That That's the tough part. But um, for the next three games, uh, games two, three, and four, um, I got to play. And you don't even notice. You know, same. What as do you mean? You, you don't notice what? Like the the atmosphere. There's no there's no crowd type of thing. You yeah. know, like there's once you're playing, you're you're playing. Yeah. Right? It's the same as you're playing at the, the Scotia Bank and someone's banging on the glass. You don't notice, yeah. right? Like sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But like when you're in a playoff game, you're you're there to win, right? So it doesn't really matter whether there's five thousand people or you know none in the rank. It's yeah. you know you're there to to do your job. And um, the hockey was great. The hockey's the hockey's been awesome. I mean, I'm sure you guys have been watching it. Oh, I yeah. think. Uh, I think the the players and the league did a great job getting ready for it. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like I said, well, that's what the question I had. I, I asked Highmore, I forget what he said, but like what happens when you do score? Is there a, a there's nothing? There's, there's no like uh, oh, there's, cheer? Like, no, they, they have like, so every... There's obviously a horn, right, but, it, but is it's there like, like your a fake... own Your own horn. I don't know if there's, I don't think there's a, I got to... Because on TV, obviously, yeah, it's like I know cheer, what you're saying. Yeah, it seems like no... a big hit or a big say. They have like the noise on. The... No, but it's loud in there. Like the teams are loud, right? Which is kind of nice. You can hear everybody. Like you can hear the you know the chatter on the ice, chatter yeah. on the bench. Um, when you score, like the horn goes off. It's you know it's not obviously you don't have the crowd noise yeah. that that's always awesome to hear and um, you know especially with the anthems you don't have like the crowd and the anthems too, which is always kind of yeah. gets you going. You know, gets your blood flow going, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, when you score, it's just everyone has their own horns. Like, they kind of brought their own horns. Like, everyone has their own. Like, so when Winnipeg scored, they had the Winnipeg horn. And, you know, when Calgary scored, oh, yeah. they had the Calgary horn. Like, okay. it was, which, which is different. I mean, they have to try to put as much as they can into it to make it their own, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, overall, I think they did a great job with it. Um, would have liked to stay a little longer, obviously, but, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, you got to be there. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, part of history, I guess, right? Who, yeah. do you, who do you have? You got Dallas or you got Tampa? Oh man, I don't know. I like Tampa is such a powerhouse, but Dallas is—they just shut it down. Like, they were just... they tough to play this year? Dallas are they a good team on the ice? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We had some good games with those guys this year. Like they, I remember they were up like every game we played against them. We were trying to catch them in the third period. I think. Like, okay. It was always tight games, but uh, yeah, they're just so good defensively. You yeah. Know? And I'm and I'm happy for Kadovin. He's he's doing awesome. Like that's that's so cool to see of you know a backup goalie come in and do that. I think that's I right. That's spectacular. So many cool storylines right now. In it's the unreal. Playoffs. It's unreal. Yeah, it is crazy. It's super cool. Like even trying to think of the, you know, the Con Smythe. Like there's you know there's know. literally five or six guys in each team. Right? I know. It's it's cool. How much time are we at? Uh, OBS says forty four thirty. Forty four thirty. Um. Next year, any plans? What, what's the anything? Or I guess you can't even say. Well, I don't. Can I, you? You just, no, I mean, I don't. Right now, I'm so I'm, this will be my first year being unrestricted free agent. Okay. Um, the free agency starts October 9th, I do believe. Everything's so weird. The dates yeah, right now, yeah, nobody it's all thrown off. It's yeah, just, it's like, yeah, it's like it starts in July. Wait. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. Um, no, it's just kind of wait and see right now. Yeah. Um, you know, teams. A lot of teams are waiting to figure out what happens here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, no, I, I'm obviously just want another chance want another opportunity to you know to to keep going and uh i loved like my you know my family and myself we love our time in winnipeg you know yeah. we'd be happy to go back like we you know it's beneficial to me that have an american league team and an nhl team in the same city you know you're not flying around if you get called i never thought of down. that yeah you just basically change hallways right just cross the hallway change the rooms um just bring your gear across and that's it which is you know super nice i don't have to leave my you know wife and kid and yeah. and dog yeah it just literally just go home every night no matter what which is awesome but uh 
you know, obviously wherever an opportunity comes, I'm, and I'm going to take it and try to make the best of it. Uh, and when, whenever that is, like whenever this next season starts, I'm not sure and how it's going to look, but yeah. uh, you just got to be ready for it. It's interesting how, you know, as soon as you have the wife and the kid, things kind of change. You have to be a little bit less selfish of the location that you go to. Right. Cause you have right. to think of the people at home. For sure. She's looking for sun. Yeah. <laughs> she's know, like, let's but, go back to Florida yeah, or yeah. Anaheim. Let's yeah. just go. Yeah um no yeah geez i've been spoiled i played in texas for a couple of years florida anaheim for a couple of years it's uh you know i went to montreal it's like culture shock again back in the winter <laughs> yeah. no but it, honestly winnipeg's it, it's so cold like it's minus 30 like average in the winter ton of snow but it's sunny every day which is like sunny and cold it's sunny yeah. but like, you know it's going to be cold so you dress for it and then it's sunny which is it brightens your day yeah it's a, it's different than waking up and it's dark and gloomy and you're like oh man like this you know this sucks whatever it's it's sunny every day so it's you know it's hard to complain yeah you know it's going to be cold put your jacket on go to the rink whatever right sit in the hot tub it's fine like you know you you can't complain if that's the worst problem in your life i'm pretty we had adam lowry on the podcast and i'm pretty sure he said the exact same things like it's cold but it's always nice though. it is yeah it said really the exact is. same thing yeah and then uh, we were there in July. We golfed every day. It was like it was awesome. It was super oh, yeah? nice. Yeah, it was a different side of Winnipeg for sure than what you see in a hockey season. But it was it was cool to see. It was what nice. uh, what's the room like in Winnipeg right now? It seems like you got a good group of characters right there. When we had Lowry on, he said it was a great group. Wheeler, yeah. um, he's awesome too. You, he's yeah, a yeah. he's a big part of that room, Lowry. You know, he, he, obviously we have a bunch of leaders in there, but just for little things that he do and the way he plays. That's the, another example of what I'm talking about is finding his role. Um, yeah, you know he can score goals. You know he can park his, you know, he can park in front of the net and score goals. But you know he fought Reeves this year. Like there's little things that's going to make him stand out, right? And if you fight Reeves, I don't care how tough you are, you, people are going to be scared of you. <laughs> You're a okay bit, in right? my books yeah, if you can exactly. fight Reeves. Yeah, yeah. So, but just little things like that make you know make him stand out. And I think uh, for that organization in general, they have a they have a great dressing room. I mean, I think they kind of did it the right way and went, uh, you know, culture for culture first right. rather than, you know, skill. And they, they kind of went the other way first. And I think, uh, it starts in the American league with their guys that they're, you know, they're bringing in and drafting and, um, the coaching staff that they have down there is awesome. Um, and it really leads right up into the into the big club. I wish Buff would come back. I loved watching him in the playoffs. Oh yeah, he was so much fun he was to a watch. Ball out there. Um, who do we have all this? Oh, I'm so bad with names, yeah. man. Uh, who do we have on the podcast? We had someone on the podcast that played for Winnipeg. He lives in Halifax. He has a, a, a company here. TJ Galliardi. TJ Galliardi. So he was telling us, sorry, TJ, if you're listening. Um, he was telling us a story about how Bufflin was out. He was out for like two months. And, you know, he wasn't really active. He wasn't in the gym. He yeah. wasn't on the bike. He wasn't really doing much. And he came back in the room. He looked a little heavy. And the first game back, I think he said he played like 30 minutes. And he was out of shape, but still somehow put up three assists yeah and had probably killed a couple of guys just, yeah and he's just like tj was like i was in the best shape of my life i was ready to go i only played yeah. like 15 minutes and i played okay and this guy comes in and apparently he's just like a freak of nature yeah just can do whatever he wants out there did you end up playing with him at all or you, uh, he wasn't no there? no so last year i was in the american league yeah. and this year he kind of this was you know he yeah, didn't what come back play yeah. this year but uh yeah i mean the story i've, I've been around him just enough to see him that you don't want to get in his way, right? <laughs> but you know, some guys, that's what I mean. Like guys just have to figure out how to, to play their role and buff plays 30 minutes, whether he's out of shape or not, he can still play 30 minutes. He knows what he has to do. And yeah. you know, myself, I was playing six minutes one night. I'm going to be exhausted after those six minutes, right? It's just figuring out your way. And I think, uh, yeah, buffs, he's a big boy. That's for sure. I mean, that I remember a couple is. of those highlights and play, I think it was like two years ago. And he, like when they have the whiteouts in Winnipeg and just watching that stuff on TV, I think it's like, 
incredible yeah same nice with, to see yeah. him play again same with him back in chicago when they won the cups yeah. back there he was a huge force the oh, four yeah. check the yeah. big body oh yeah. man i think he was playing four was he playing he was playing four because yeah. i remember the, that playoffs he was yeah. such a great four checker you just yeah. lay defensemen out he was scary yeah but no he's a great 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 player yeah. yeah i hope he comes back too yeah big time um how are the skates right now is it weird like what are you working on you don't know when the season's gonna start like yeah it's what different you, it's, it's you're you're kind of you know, it's hard to – it's tough to train sometimes when you're not sure, like, what you're training for, like, as in timeline-wise, right? Yeah. Not sure. You don't want to be, you know, ready, like, antsy to get back out there and, you know, get back to work and go to training camp and kill it, right? It's like you kind of have to slow down and take your time. And, and it's a perfect time right now to work on the small parts, you know, off the ice and on the ice. And like, so right now I'm skating with Jill and Daryl Plandowski. Um, which is awesome, you know, just working on edges, you know, getting some, you know, little skills back into your game. You lose some skill through the season, right? You're trying to play systems and, you know, do your job. But I think it's nice to be out there with them and kind of slow things down a little bit, um, you know, kind of get the feel back. I took about a month off the ice after the bubble and then right back at it. But, uh, you know, I'm back in the gym now as well with uh, my trainer, which is, you know, same thing. We're doing, you know, four or five days a week. But, four or five uh, days a week? Wow. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, you know, it's pretty normal, but it's, nothing crazy right now it's kind of at the point of let's wait and see when they announce that the season's going to start up and you know we'll kind of look, work from then but uh yeah it's, and i feel healthy right now which is great it's kind of the best i've felt in a couple of years so it's you know no injuries knock on wood but um that's what it is you have to look after your body that's awesome man yeah well it seems like you're happy seems yeah, like you're in a great. good place yeah, no. father you got the family yeah. you got the house next to marshy yeah did I guess we sold it? Yeah. Oh, you sold yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. So someone else is his neighbor now. I guess. Yeah. Right? Whatever. Yeah. He's sure he's not a good neighbor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, well, thank you very much for absolutely, coming. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. What are you doing the rest of the day? It. What are you doing? Cleaning up the yard? Or I guess go you're be, a the, dad. Go be, be a dad. Go be a dad. <laughs> yeah. I'm still trying to learn how to do it, but yeah, <laughs> he's awesome, man. Honestly, God, he's one of the best things that's ever happened. How are you doing with the diapers? You're good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be lying if I said yeah. I, I, I'm number ones. Yeah, obviously, it's you know, it's easy peasy but uh i i'm not gonna lie i put my face mask on no yeah i swear to god like i wouldn't say every time but if there's like he babies have some ugly poops you know they do so those face masks come in handy hey yeah i'm sure you get a lot of brownie points no pun intended with the wife whenever <laughs> yeah. you do it you know what yeah. i mean i don't think she does enough to yeah she does enough of hers she has her hands full for sure she awesome. uh yeah she um uh, i got dad duty today i was in cabot all weekend so it's uh golf trip so it's it's her turn. <laughs> you probably told her you're coming here after practice, and she's like, come on, are you serious? you got to yeah. come do the baby. Yeah. She's Let's knocking go. at the door, yeah, making sure I'm actually here. Let's yeah. go. My girlfriend's yeah. calling me, too. So. <laughs> nice. We'll end it here. All right, man. Thank you very much I for coming on. It. That thank was a great one. Um, everyone listening, thank you very much for tuning in. Once again, uh, stay safe. Have fun. Fall's here. Enjoy playoff hockey on tonight. We are out. Peace. And over the sea Beyond these great waters Oh, what do I see? I see the great mountains Climb from the coastline The hills of Cape Breton This new home of mine And we come from the countries All over the world To hack out the forest To plow Fishermen, farmers and sailors all come To clear for the future this pioneer ground We are an island, a rock in the street We are
handkerchiefs. Oh, what do I see? I see the black pitted, the coal wheels are turning, the smokestacks are belching, and the blast fern is burning. Ah, the sweat on the back is no joy to behold. In the heat of the steel plant or mine in the coal, and the foreign-owned companies force us to fight for our survival and for our rights. We are alive in the rock industry. We are a people as proud as has been. In soft summer breeze or in wild winter. They tell of the coming and the going away. Are、oh, the cities of America draw me away? Are、oh, the companies come and the companies go and the ways of the world we may never know. And we'll follow the footsteps of those on their way and we'll ask for the. To leave.